Our first reading is from the first chapter of Zechariah. In the eighth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, son of Edo, saying, The Lord was very angry with your fathers. Therefore say to them, Thus declares the Lord of hosts, Return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Do not be like your fathers, to whom the former prophets cried out, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Return from your evil ways and from your evil deeds. But they did not hear or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? But my words and my statutes, which are commanded my servants, the prophets, did they not overtake your fathers? So they repented and said, as the Lord of hosts proposed to deal with us for our ways and deeds, so has he dealt with us. On the 24th day of the 11th month, which is the month of Shabbat, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, son of Edo, saying, I saw in the night, and behold, a man riding on a red horse, and he was standing among the myrtle trees in the glen, and behind him were red, sorrel, and white horses. Then I said, What are these, my Lord? The angel who talked with me said to me, I will show you what they are. So the man who was standing among the myrtle trees answered, These are they whom the Lord has sent to patrol the earth. And they answered the angel of the Lord who was standing among the myrtle trees and said, We have patrolled the earth. and Behold, all the earth remains at rest. Then the angel of the Lord said, O Lord of hosts, how long will you have no mercy on Jerusalem and the cities of Judah against which you have been angry these 70 years? And the Lord answered, gracious and comforting words to the angel who talked with me. So the angel who talked with me said to me, Cry out, thus says the Lord of hosts, I am exceedingly jealous for Jerusalem and for Zion, and I am exceedingly angry with the nations that are at ease. For while I was angry but a little, they furthered their disaster. Therefore, thus says the Lord, I have returned to Jerusalem with mercy. My house shall be built in it, declares the Lord of hosts. And the measuring line shall be stretched out over Jerusalem. Cry out again, thus says the Lord of hosts. My city shall again overflow with prosperity. And the Lord will again comfort Zion and again choose Jerusalem. And I lifted my eyes and saw, and behold, four horns... And I said to the angel who talked with me, What are these? And he said to me, These are the horns that have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Then the Lord showed me four craftsmen, and I said, What are these coming to do? He said, These are the horns that scattered Judah, so that no one raised his head. And these have come to terrify them. To cast down the horns of the nations who lifted up their horns against the land of Judah to scatter it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Our epistle reading is from the first chapter, or 14th chapter of Romans. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. To God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, You are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It's good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. Whoever does not proceed from faith is sin. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue our recitation of the Lord's Prayer with a third petition. What is the third petition? Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. What does this mean? The good and gracious will of God is done even without our prayer. 
But we pray in this petition that it may be done among us also. How is God's will done? God's will is done when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, which do not want us to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come. And when he strengthens and keeps us firm in his word and faith until we die, this is his good and gracious will. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. This petition from our Lord's prayer is a very special one because I think it's one that all Christians wrestle with at some point in their lives. Because inevitably, at some point in our lives, we will ask, what is God's will for my life? And usually you hear people say it in connection to a big change. Does God want me to do this? Does God want me to move here or there? I hear it from uh, the youth a lot, who, especially teenagers, who are wondering, what does God want from my life? And they will often think of it in terms of jobs. You know, it's very big for them. They're growing up. They're trying to think about what they want to do in life. And they will worry and fret about whether the job they pick is fitting with God's will. We have others who, um, adults, who still often at times will wrestle with God's will. What is it that God wants for me in my life? And they'll wrestle with that. So maybe imagine someone is determining it's time for them to retire and I can't believe why, but they decide they don't want to live in Pittsburgh anymore in the winters. I don't get it. And so they're wrestling with this, and they pray about it. They say, Lord, what do you want? What's your will? Where should I go? What should I do? And lo and behold, one day, they're outside, and not today, but on a day when there are blue skies and actually clouds. And they see a cloud in the sky, and it looks like it's in the shape of a flamingo. Where do I move? Florida. Why? There's a flamingo. I saw a cloud. It was in the shape of a flamingo. Surely that's God speaking to me, right? No, it's just a cloud in the shape of a flamingo. Hate to break it to you. We have no promise that God will speak to us in clouds and through clouds. Never in the scriptures. If God spoke in the scriptures and said, go out and look at the clouds and determine my will for you, we'd all be out looking. Exact opposite. He doesn't have us looking at clouds. He has us looking at his word. And we may say, but if I look at the word, his word, his Bible, if I'm a teenager and not knowing what I want to do with my life as a job... That's not going to tell me what what job I should have from my life. I know. Or if you're an adult who's retiring and you say, but if I look at God's word to know what his will is for my life, that's not going to tell me if I should move to Florida or Arizona. I know. And I say this time and time again because for God... I don't think it matters if you move to Florida or Arizona. So long as you remain in the faith. And for teenagers, I tell them this as well. When they go, I don't know what I want. I'm searching for God's will in my life for a job. I will say to them, 
I don't think it matters what you do for your, your, your vocation. So long as you serve Christ faithfully in whatever vocation it is. That is what matters. That is God's will for your life. And we recited that today in this petition. Thy will be done. What does this mean? The good and gracious will of God is done even without our prayer, but we pray in this petition may be done among also. Okay. How? How is God's will done? God's will is done when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, which don't want us to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come. And when he strengthens and keeps us firm in his word and faith until we die. This is his good and gracious will. That's what God wants for your life. That you would remain in the faith until you die. That's what he wants. The other stuff, do it. Do whatever you want. Do it faithfully. And if you can't do it faithfully, don't do it. That's what Paul was saying to the church in Rome. They were wrestling about whether I should eat certain foods or not eat certain foods. Should I honor certain days or not honor certain days? I don't know what to do. Basically, Paul said, it doesn't matter. If you don't want to eat meat, don't eat meat. If you want to honor a day or don't honor a day, do it or don't. Do it in faith, though, in honor to the Lord in everything that you do. The things don't matter in and of themselves. Likewise, if you end up being a garbage collector or a brain surgeon in your vocation, I don't care and I don't think God cares. What matters is that you do those vocations faithfully. That you remain in the faith. That's what God wants. For us and for our lives. Some people hear that and they're disappointed. Because they want to go out and get answers for what God wants in their life by looking at clouds. I don't see it as a disappointment. I see it as very freeing. Because I have known Christians throughout their lives who don't have this petition, don't have this in the small catechism, and they wrestle their whole lives trying to figure out their whole lives, what does God want from my life? Wrestle it with their, when they're 10 years old, when they're 20 years old, when they're 60 and 70 years old, and they still haven't figured it out. I think that's sad. I do. Because we shouldn't waste so much time in our lives wondering what God wants. What God wants for you is very simple. He wants you to believe in his son, our Lord Jesus Christ, as your savior. And to remain in that faith no matter what. That's what God wants for your life. It's very simple, very easy, and so wonderful when we Accept that. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.